husband's in the house tonight, give me a wave tonight. You a husband, maybe a boyfriend, maybe a fiance, give me a little wave. Uh, there is something that happens when you get married. Boys, it's gonna, it's gonna happen quicker than you know. You may have sat next to your wife at Youth Alive conference this week. You just don't know. You just don't know. You never know. But uh, something happens when you get married. I, I found it happened from day one of my marriage was that a, uh, a growing list began to take place of things that I needed to get done that for whatever reason had not yet been done. Wives, do you know what I'm talking about tonight? The, the infinite, the infamous lists of things around the house for need to get done. Well, recently, uh, my wife was away. Uh, she was up here on the Gold Coast actually for a, for a Youth Alive meeting and she was rather chuffed about it because she said, I think it's the first time since we've had our little boy, uh, but she said to me, she goes, um, I am leaving you with a child. And I get, to wait. I get to go away on a holiday called ministry, right? It's so funny. And uh, she was so excited about it. So she heads on the plane and, and, uh, and I'm there like looking after my little man. We had a good couple of days together. But I thought to myself, you know, okay, there are moments in life as a husband, as a man, where you've got to capitalise on your man card and take this thing to the next level. I mean, I was looking after my little boy for a couple of days that was getting me some good points, but I thought to myself, I am not going to let this opportunity pass without kicking some serious husband goals, right? So I, uh, I said to her, I said, babe, is there anything you want me to do while you're gone? And she's like, uh, yeah, you know the giant list of things that we had since day one we got married, that would be good, you know? So I thought, okay, you know, um, so I thought, all right, I'm gonna get to work on that. And one of, the, one of the things on the list was that we had all of this kind of old furniture that we've been meaning to take to the salvos forever. It's been gathering the dust in the shed. Who's got some of that? You know, the dust is so thick, you could like, you can wipe the finger, right? Baptise your finger in dust type thing. And we had a bunch of that in the shed. And uh, I figured to myself, man, I'm gonna take this stuff down to the salvos. I'm gonna clean out the shed. I am going to polish my man card. I'm gonna, she is gonna come back and I am going to be husband of the year, right? Come on, who knows? So, so anyway, I decided to do it. And, you know, to be honest with you, it probably took me, you know, about one and a half hours to actually do, but I wasn't going to tell her that when she came back, right? I'm an exaggerator by nature. So, so, uh, I take all the furniture down to Salvo's and we chuck it in the trailer and we, we give it all off and it you know, went well. Me and my brother went and did it and Hannah comes home and I'm like, oh babe, I'm telling you what, go have a look at the shed. Where's all the furniture gone? I know, to the Salvo's, you know? And I'm like, let me tell you, it was 52 degrees. We were out there for eight hours. I mean, it was just me all by myself. I mean, my veins were popping out my neck. I was dripping sweat all over the floor. It was the most strenuous day of work. I've ever done in my life, but I did it for you, babe. I did it for you, you know, just talking myself up. Have you ever had a moment where you've had way too much faith in your own ability? Because what I was about to find out was that this is one of those moments. So she's like, oh my gosh, you did it. And I'm like, I did, I did, I did. Like I need a badge or something. It's so funny when a guy does something, we want an award. <laughs> and the girls are like, uh, this is every day of my life, you know, so... Um, so, yes, who just said preach? All right, all the women in the house with some bent up frustration just let out a strong amen tonight. Okay, so ladies, that was your moment, right? That was your moment. You should have just said amen and looked at your husband, you know? So 
So I'm like, I did it. And we're like inspecting the place where the furniture was. I'm like, it was here. Now it's not. And she's like, yes, that's very good, buddy. Well done, buddy. You know, like, like, and, uh, and she says, so, so you took like my mum's precious like heirloom drawers to, to my sister's house, like I said? And I'm like, <laughs> you know that moment where you know you are in trouble, like it's coming at you? And I'm like, ah, was that like the, the, double, the double drawer set, the wooden one? She's like, yeah, yeah, that's the one. I'm like, um, I think I gave that to the salvos. And she's like, What? I, th- I think I gave it to the salvos. And I'm like, it's, it's fine though, babe. Like, it's fine. Like, it's the salvos. This stuff doesn't go quickly. I'm like, I only did it yesterday. Like, I'll call them up. I'm sure it's still there. And so I call up. I call up the store. I'm like, oh, hey, you know, I dropped some furniture. Hey, one of them I just need back. And they're like, we have no furniture in this store. And I'm like, oh my Gosh, you know, uh, we have no furniture in this store. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'm like, so, so double set of drawers, is there that there? Can you look around? Like, oh yeah, that one. That one went in 20 minutes, you know. So it was a bad day in Wollong household. Have you ever had too much faith in yourself, right? Too much faith, overestimated your own ability. I, I think as, as people, we are prone to perhaps overestimating our ability and underestimating God's. But who knows in life that although we can definitely overestimate our ability, have too much faith in ourselves, come on, you can never have too much faith in your God, never too much faith in His capacity, never too much faith in His ability. This is who our God is. I wanna speak to you tonight about the topic, the subject of faith. Everyone say faith with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says this. It says, for we live... By faith, not by what we see with our eyes. We live by faith, not by what we see with our eyes. Faith is not meant to be a moment of your life. It is meant to be a rhythm of your life. We are meant to live by faith. But I think when it comes to faith, a lot of the time we have this this idea or this understanding of faith that maybe is a little bit off kilter. I think sometimes when we think of faith, we either think of faith as two extremes. We think of faith as that crazy person that we love from a distance, right? Who has a lot of faith, but we're a little bit scared of. Or we think of faith as that thing that we use one time when we got saved, but no longer really have an application for it. I think if we're not careful in life, faith for us can become this thing that we use for our salvation, but that's where it ends. That, that moment where you were in church or you were in a youth ministry or you were at a youth camp when you were young, I don't know what it was for you. I hope you've never forgotten the moment that faith first erupted in your heart. Come on, the joy of your salvation. That moment of faith, but if we're not careful, faith can stay in that moment and not actually translate to our Christian life. I think for a lot of us, faith can become like this car that we jumped in We drove the car to Salvation Town, but we parked it there. We fell asleep in the car, we put the handbrake on and we said, faith is good for salvation, but that's all. 
without understanding or without realising that there's another town after salvation called destiny and that faith wasn't just meant to get you from A to B, it was meant to get you from A to Z. Faith is not some beat up old car that gets you by. Faith is not that car that gets you a couple of hundred thousand kilometres and then you sell it for 200 bucks. No, faith was meant to give you unlimited capacity to step into the call of God on your life. It wasn't meant to get you from A to B. It was meant to get you from A to Z. It wasn't meant to be something you use just to get saved, but something that God wants to activate in your life, come on, on a daily basis to take you to the eternity, to the destiny, come on, that He has on your life. I want you to turn to the person next to you tonight and tell them we're going on a road trip. <laughs> we're going on a road trip. I hate road trips, just personally. Like, give me a beach and a resort any day of the week. I, I hate caravans and tents and all that. All right. Hebrews 11 is perhaps the most famous chapter on faith in the whole Bible, it defines for us the nature of faith. It defines for us what faith really means. It, it, it demonstrates for us what a life marked by faith looks like in this hall of fame that's laid out before us. Describing the heroes of the faith, it says this, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 15 to 16. I'm gonna zoom in on this portion. It's an incredible chapter. Hebrews 11 will always get your heart exploding. If you've read Hebrews 11, you need to read that again. It is an amazing chapter. Hebrews 11, 15 to 16. If their hearts were still remembering what they left behind, they would have found an opportunity to go back. But they couldn't turn back for their hearts were fixed on what was far greater, that is the heavenly realm. The first thing you gotta know about faith is that faith leaves behind what is good because its heart is fixed on what is great. Faith is willing to leave behind good things in the pursuit of great things. You know, a lot of the time in church, we hear about the bad things we've gotta leave behind. And there are a lot of bad things we need to leave behind in life. There are some bad thought processes you might need to leave behind in 2019. There's some bitterness you might need to leave behind in 2019. There's some habits maybe that have been unhealthy that you might need to leave behind in 2019. No doubt there are bad things in life that our faith would cause us to leave behind. But do you know in life also, there are good things that your faith is going to cause you to leave behind. Because faith does not settle for what is good. Faith has an appetite for what is great. When God called Abraham to leave the land that he grew up in, right? He didn't say to him like, leave your evil father's home and your possessed mother's land, right? For a good land I will show you. No, He said, leave your father's home, leave your mother's land for a land I will show you. There was nothing wrong with it. It was good, but it wasn't great. It wasn't the fullness of what God actually had for Abraham's life. And the reality that I've found is sometimes the biggest enemy of great in your life is good in your life. Sometimes the biggest enemy of what is truly great, what God could truly do is the things that have simply become good in your life. Great things become good things when they become comfortable. 
if we're not careful, what used to take all of our faith, after a while starts taking no faith and a great thing becomes a good thing and it's become an enemy of a great thing that God wants to do in your life. For some of you, the first time you attended church, you walked in and it took all the faith you could muster just to walk through that door. I'm telling you, you were petrified. Your hand was shaken. You're thinking, why are all these people got questions, you know, during worship? Like it, it took all of your faith just to walk through that door. But then you kind of get settled and you get comfortable and, and, and you get into the rhythms of church and what used to, to take great faith now doesn't take any faith and it's just become a good thing you do, not a great thing that you're called to. Can I tell you today, if church has become stale for you, it's not because your church is stale, it's because your faith is stale. And God's saying, I want you to push in to great again in 2019. It's time to serve like you've never served before. Give like you've never given before. You and you alone are responsible for stepping into the greatness that God has for your life. Do not allow yourself to slip into good when you were called, come on, to great. Faith leaves behind what is good because it has an appetite. It has a pursuit of what is great. Never settle for good in your life. You have a God who has destined you for greatness. Come on, you're gonna step into it this year. You're gonna step into it this year. The second thing that faith does is faith rejects the immediate because it is captured by the ultimate. Faith rejects what is immediate because it's captured by the ultimate. Is there anyone in this room today, you have a cracked phone screen? Just give me a little wave. Like it's like, it's a plague. Look, look at all these hands going up here. Like I, I'm a passionate iPhone lover. I don't know about you, but... I'm, I'm Apple till the day I die. I'm all over it. I don't care what your opinion is. I love it. I, I had my first, I, I got the first one, the Apple 3G. It's a tiny little thing. Anyway, a couple of years ago, um, when the iPhone 10 came out, I had like an iPhone 6. And you know when your phone has like been to war? Like it's like a veteran, you know, it's just like the screen is broken and like the, the I remember like my screen was just destroyed and then, you know, it was like, it was almost possessed. It was like pushing buttons on its own and all this stuff was going on and liking people's photos on Instagram and weird stuff. And people were like, did you? You know, all that. And, um, and I wanted so desperately to get rid of it. And then, you know, we're pulling it out of the car. Who knows when you've got a baby, it's like your arms are always full. And babies don't just sit there like, <laughs> but the moment they get in your arms, they're doing like, you know, so it's like it becomes a, becomes a dance. So we're getting out of the car and my wife's holding my phone. And of course she drops it and she destroys the last good piece of that phone, the camera, like it lands on the camera and destroys it. And I'm like, this is now completely broken. You know, so I'm, like, I'm calling everyone on Siri for the rest of the week, you know. And, and what I knew was that, uh, what I'd heard, I'm, I'm a bit of a geek. I knew that like the iPhone 10 was coming, right? I was all over it. I knew it was coming. So I was holding out. I'm like, I don't want to get my screen fixed. I don't want to like settle for another phone. Like I know this thing is coming, so I'm going to wait. And then Apple did this thing that no one saw coming. Sneaky Apple. Sneaky, sneaky. They released this, this demonic temptation called the iPhone 8 between the iPhone 10 just a few months beforehand. And I remember looking at all my friends that were all walking out with their iPhone 8. So I'm, like, <laughs> I'm there like my fingers are bleeding when I scroll thinking... 
man, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so, so, so I remember just saying, I, think, I'm, I'm, I just want to get it. I want to get it. And I, I controlled myself. And can I tell you, on the day it was released, I walked into the Elizabeth Shopping Centre in Adelaide. I walked into Optus and I claimed my iPhone 10 and it was worth the wait. Some of you are like, why are we clapping about this? Okay. The only reason I was able to resist the immediate temptation to get that iPhone 8 is because I had an ultimate conviction that there was something better. I knew that something better was coming and that faith in the ultimate enabled me to resist the immediate. I rejected the media because I was captured by the ultimate. Hebrews eleven twenty six says, it's talking in Moses, it says, His eyes looked with wonder, not on the immediate, but on the ultimate. Faith's great reward. Here's what I found. is faith in God's ultimate for your life will decide all of your immediates in life. When you know what God has for you ultimately, it will give you the wisdom when it comes to deciding what you should do immediately. You know, when God called us to plant this church and and we started telling people what was in our hearts, this really difficult season started to unravel around us where people knew we were kind of like on the table, like up for grabs. And, And they just start saying stuff, well, you could plant a church or maybe you could just do this for us instead or, or this for us instead or this for us instead. And, and all of this opportunity started opening up and what it did was it made me question. I'm like, well, God, are we really called to this? Like, what's going on? But, but after searching and praying and, and understanding something, what I realised is that God had placed a dream in our heart for a radical revival to be birthed in Adelaide. He'd given us a promise that this is what we were called to be a part of. And faith in that immediate, so faith in that ultimate enabled us to say no to all of the tempting immediate options because we actually had a promise from God for our ultimate, for His best for our life that was greater than any immediate temptation. Can I tell you today, faith in God's ultimate for your life will decide all of your immediates in life for you. But sometimes we get into this rhythm, we get into this habit of having more faith in the devil's ultimate worst for our life and making immediate decisions based on that reality than we do on making decisions based on God's ultimate best. Far be it from the people of God, far be it from my life that I would make decisions in the immediate having more faith in what the devil would have happened in my life than what God would have happened. No, the moment we believe God's ultimate for our life, it makes all the decisions for us. People have said, you know, like, you don't even know that's gonna happen, bro. Like, how do you know? but there's gonna be some radical revival in Adelaide. Like, and I'm like, well, there's this thing, if you've ever read the Bible, it's called um, faith. Faith. And faith in that ultimate is steering every immediate decision in our life right now. And can I tell you, I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be happier. Um, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse one, faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all, listen to this now, it is all the evidence required to prove what is unseen. Wow, 
Let me say that again. It is all the evidence required to prove what is unseen. Come on, we gotta get a faith rise up in us tonight that says all the evidence I need, all the evidence that is required is faith in God's promise for my life, faith in God's ultimate for my life, faith in what God has spoken over me. That will be the evidence on which I move forward in life. Come on, is anyone excited about that tonight? Wow. The third thing that faith does is this. Maybe I have the keys join me, that'd be great. I'm pointing at the drum kit, like that's a keyboard. It's definitely not. Um, if I could have the drums join me, you know, imagine that. Just there, this tender moment. You know, okay. <laughs> that's where my brain goes. It's very easily distracted. Number three, faith travels to the future and pulls it into the present. Faith travels to the future and pulls it into the present. My favourite movie franchise of all time is Star Wars. So any Star Wars fans in the house tonight? Come on, this is your moment to shine. Star Wars represent. I love it. So, did you laugh at me? <laughs> Thought I knew you, bro. Thought, we were fr- Thought I had something. Do you, like, do you like Star Wars, Jack? Okay, cool. My new favourite, I guess. <laughs> I'm joking. Star Wars 7 came out a couple of years ago and uh, I was like excited to like probably an ungodly level of excitement. Um, and I remember going, you know, to the cinema the first time, I was like there with my brother, I got like my hand on his knee, I'm squeezing it, I'm so excited, you know. My wife is not present whatsoever. She hates it. And um, so, so I'm there with my brother and we're watching Star Wars. And I'm just like literally, I'm sweating as much as I am right now while I'm watching this thing, just trying to figure out how this thing's gonna end, what's gonna happen, how's this gonna go? And I got out of the movie and I was very satisfied. I was very happy, um, which is a big deal for hardcore Star Wars fans. Like I still remember the moment my grandpa got that VCR tape and said, son, this is Star Wars. And he put it in, you know, it's a part of my life. So it was a big moment to walk out of there satisfied. So I walked out and, and I decided that I liked it so much that I was going to see it seven times in honour of the fact that it was Star Wars 7. And every time I was gonna bring an unbeliever in and I was gonna convert them, right? So, so every time we went in and we watched the movie, we'd sit there and watch it. And then, and then another one would be like, oh wow, actually I really liked that. Oh wow, I thought Star Wars was lame. I thought Star Wars was for geeks. I thought Star Wars was dumb. But you know, I've seen the light, you know, and one by one, one by one, I knocked him down. What I noticed was that every time I saw it again, two things happened. My wife said, you are wasting our money. The second thing that happened is that, the second thing that happened is, uh, is I got more and more relaxed every time because I knew what was in store. I knew where this was going. I knew the future. I knew how the movie ended and it changed how I lived in the present. In fact, I was actually able by knowing the ending to pull that feeling into the present the whole time. Why? Because it wasn't just a promise, some wishy-washy, I hope it's going to end well. It was an assured reality in my heart. But we don't have to see the ending to have faith like that in the present. 
because faith is able to travel to the future and pull that reality, that promise into the present with us today. Hebrews 11.33 says their faith fastened onto their promises and pulled them into reality. Jason, can you come up here for a moment? Let's welcome Jason up. What a man. All right, let's, can you just unravel that one? Yep, like that, yep. All right. Now what I'm gonna do, just, just put your arms out like that. Getting very friendly in the house of God tonight. This is the most manly thing I've done all day. I'm holding a rope, people. Faith fastens on to the future and it pulls it into the present. Let's imagine for a moment that Jason is your future. It's a very good looking future, all right? All right, you're still single, aren't you? Yeah, 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 cool. Okay, okay. so just helping a brother out tonight in the house of God. So. Here's your future, faith is the rope. And what faith does is it pulls that future into the present. Some of you, you got kids right now and maybe they're acting up, but it's time to not speak to them according to their present, who they are right now, but according to who they will be. And you're pulling that future, come on, into the present. Some of you, you're in a situation right now with your finances and you're looking at your finances and, and it's, it's like, man, I don't know how we're gonna pay the bill. I don't know what's gonna happen. Well, look that future in the eye and speak to those finances, not as they are. Come on, as the promise of God declares they will be and pull that future right into the present. Some of you, I felt this today, it was a weird one, but someone in this room tonight, you're gonna drive past that house you've been believing for and start speaking to God like it's yours. Come on, and pulling that house into the present. Faith fastens on to the promise and the reality of God and it pulls it into the present until there's an intimate embrace. Love you, bro. Come on, it's faith. It fastens on to the future. And it pulls it into the present. Speak to that sickness like it's healed. Talk with the confidence you're believing you will have. Come on, drive past the house like it is yours. Come on, some of you need to speak to your children. Come on, according to who they will be. Let faith erupt and arise in your heart tonight. Is that records? Is that illogical? Yes, that is who we are. We are people of faith. We had a situation that happened um, Earlier this year, we moved into our first house and you know, that's a big, it's a big thing when you buy your first home. And so it was a lot of work over a couple of years for that to happen and we're really excited. And anyway, we moved in and um, long story short, the guy who built the house next to us had rented it out as an investment property and it actually became like a, a drug dealing den, right? And it got to the, the point where it was so dangerous and and we really started feeling like it was actually a demonic thing because every single time that we would have a youth alive event, something would happen next door and drive us out of the house or we were fleeing our house at night, unable to sleep, unable to have peace because there was violence going on. One night I got punched in the head by a drug dealer. This thing was crazy, right? And we got to this point where we were actually living in fear in our own home. And we're actually unable to sleep. And sometimes, 
although you understand the nature of faith and although we preach these things and we, we talk about these things and we believe these things, sometimes the last thing we actually turn to is the power of prayer. Sometimes the last thing we do that we should have done first up was actually turn, come on, into a place of faith. So anyway, this happened um, three times in the year and then, you know, almost on a nightly basis on a smaller scale, but three times in the year, right before um, every Youth Alive event in the year. So we, we really felt it was attacked. But the last time it happened, before anything had happened that night, I just, I just got this like, have you ever had something rise up in you that's almost like just a righteous anger against the enemy? Like something just gets in your spirit and you're like, you know what? I'm actually done with this. I'm not going to live in fear anymore. I'm not going to believe, come on, that I'm meant to live in a house, that my child isn't meant to sleep at night, but I should be fearful for his life. We've actually got to change something. And I found this Scripture and I took it as a promise. Psalm 4 verse 8, it's not on the screen, guys, just so you know. It says, In peace I will lie down and sleep, for You alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. And I took that as a promise for my future. I said, God, this is Your house. This is Your place and I'm not going to accept this any longer. So I go down to my living room. I'm doing like the stomp prayer like that. I'm stomping around the lounge room, Hannah's upstairs in bed, I'm praying. I'm just like, God, tonight is the night. I declare they are out of this house. I declare that You are raiding that house right now in Jesus' Name. I declare You are breaking the power of the enemy. I declare that my future reality is that I'm gonna go into my own home and sleep in peace because I am done with this. And I kid you not, (laughs) so true. As I am praying, I start to hear screaming happening from next door. And I go outside and basically, long story short, it's a really good story. If you wanna hear the whole thing, I will tell you, because now it's funny in retrospect. It wasn't funny at the time, but there's like 10 cop cars come rolling in to the house. News cameras come rolling up the street. This is like a showdown. The cops are kicking the door in. They're getting the guy out. And that night was the last night that man and that drug dealing action happened on our streets. What was I doing? Was it me that did that? No, it was my faith in His promise. It was faith in the promise of God. And good news today on the 20th of January, guess who my new neighbour is? My brother and his wife. I believe in a God, come on, who is able to do the impossible. I believe that when faith gets activated in your heart, God can and will do anything. He can do anything. Hebrews 11, 33 to 34. Ben, why don't you join me? I reckon reckon we're gonna get into this in a minute. It says this, It was faith that shut the mouth of lions, put out the power of the raging fire and caused many to escape certain death by the sword. In their weakness, their faith imparted power to make them strong. Faith sparked courage within them and they became mighty warriors in battle, pulling armies from another realm into battle array. That, come on, is the power of faith. We are in a season right now, like when you don't have money and you don't have a lot of people and you're starting this little church thinking, hopefully this is gonna work. All you got is faith for days. But I'm telling you, I'm in a season right now of God stretching and enlarging my faith and I've never felt more sure and confident, come on, that Him who is able to start a good work is able to finish it. (laughs) We're with our church, we we started, 
gatherings a couple of months ago in our living room and we were there and, um, and it just kept kept growing. And I don't know where these people are coming from. This is awesome. But it got to the point where there was so many people in the room. You know when it's like, it's a great atmosphere and there's a certain amount and then there's so many that it's like sweaty and disgusting and now no one else wants to come. I remember I'm up there and like literally like we were doing meetings in our living room. So like the front row is like here. I'm, I'm speaking a message like this, spitting on the people. And, um, and everyone's looking at me and they're sweating and they're like, I'm so uncomfortable, like we love you, but I'm probably not coming back if we don't do something about this. And I, I just felt this, I, I don't recommend this as a leadership principle, okay? This is just a moment, but <laughs> I just felt something come up on the inside of me. And I just, I just said, hey everyone, you're gonna know something tonight. <laughs> God's actually given us a new venue. And next week, we're not gonna be in this building anymore. And everyone starts going, woo! And then like the three guys who are real close to me are like, Because the reality is we didn't actually have a building, but I could see it in faith. And I, I just got sick of it. There's something that rose up on the inside of me and said, you know what? This is the week, God. I'm believing You. I'm putting all the chips on the table. We're going all in. And that week, a venue opened up to us, gave us a year in that place, gave us the keys at a price that was cheaper than anyone else was willing to give it. Why? Because something happens when we start to place a demand on the God who says, I can and will do anything. It's faith. And tonight, if anything, if, if, if I can encourage you in anything, it's this. May 2019 be a year of breakthrough faith in your life. Come on, may 2019 be a year where you start pulling those promises into reality. If faith is, if faith is dulled in your heart tonight, I just, I just declare a gift of faith over you tonight in Jesus' Name.